And tonight, she is with us in Crooks Social Club. Please put your hands together for Eddie Izzard! Hi, I'm Julie Bindle, and this is the story of the night I met Eddie Izzard. Or rather, we didn't meet as such. I was allowed to be in the presence of Izzard at an event organised in conjunction with the local Sheffield Labour Party, where he's hoping to be elected to stand as Member of Parliament for that city. Later, we'll hear what Izzard had to say in his speech, which covered all manner of topics, really boring things that I can't even remember, and not much about politics. But before I subjected myself to that, I took the chance to take the temperature at the event and in Sheffield, and find out what women actual women. Think of Izzard's and Labour's grasp on reality. Hi. Hi. So we're outside the venue where Eddie Izzard is going to perform. Is Eddie a woman? No, Eddie's a man. Why then are the newspapers and other commentators using she, her pronouns and referring to Eddie as a woman? because they've been completely captured by this ideology and they're too frightened to speak the truth, unfortunately. Like the majority of society seems to be at the minute. Why is it offensive that men can just identify into the opposite sex? I'm a nurse, so biological sex is the most important factor for me. I think in law and in healthcare, biology is the important factor. Socially, you can do whatever you want, but if you want, no one really cares about that. But when it comes to women's spaces, women's biology, it's really the most important defining factor for me. So if Eddie gets selected to stand as MP for Sheffield and takes the place, in my view, of a woman and hikes up those figures as to how many female MPs there are in the Labour Party, what will that mean? Is it taking something away from women or is it perfectly harmless? No, it will take something from women. I think there's not enough female representation in politics anyway, so it's really important that these, that women, particularly women of Sheffield, for me I'm from Sheffield, are represented by a woman. Will it take away something from women or will it be about diversity and inclusion as some have said? No, I think diversity needs to include women. I think women are important. I, increasingly we're seeing men get women's awards, women's places, and it needs to change. I think now, in my lifetime, I'm 47, in my lifetime is the worst time for women. I think it, things have regressed, have gone backwards, and it's really shocking to see. I'm, I'm a bit old-fashioned, probably. I think I'm a bit of an old-fashioned feminist that think, like, female-only spaces are a bit threatened by trans women who've trans from being men and things. Why do you think that's old-fashioned? To me, that's just basic feminism. I don't know. I guess maybe I feel a bit out of date as far as conversation goes around it. My view is that feminism is for women. It's the only movement that centres women and girls. And we have a problem with representation in Parliament. We have a problem with domestic violence. So the idea that men can identify themselves into those spaces is a huge problem. Why is that old-fashioned feminism? Yeah, maybe it's not. I think we've got a whole history as a woman that means we can identify with each other and support each other in a way that someone who's trans into being a woman at a later stage, perhaps in their 40s or 50s, is not going to have that background. Yeah, I'm 
I've just turned 60. I'm a feminist, obviously. I'm a lesbian. I grew up in the northeast of England in a working class community, and it was very hard coming out as a lesbian in the 70s. And if I hadn't had those women only spaces to do that, outside of the bullying and sexual threats of men, I don't think I would be here now. So I think it's something very important about recognising how we grow up as girls and why that matters. Yeah, I agree, actually. And I've heard, anecdotally anyway, or on the radio, about there being some sort of pressure on gay women to go out with or have dates with trans women. Like, they should stand up for them and just do that as a matter of course. I think that's really aggressive. And I used to be told by the old-fashioned dinosaur men back in the 70s and 80s that all I needed was a good beep in order to straighten me out and I think this is quite similar really Mm. lesbians being told to accept sexual partners with penises women don't have penises but Eddie has said that he feels sometimes in girl mode sometimes in boy mode Mm. what on earth does that mean? There's something there about just being in a space of not deciding either way and that could be an acceptable place to be but then yeah you can't just then suddenly snap into being in the spaces that women take on or are part of. Well said that woman. I couldn't agree more. I think that both Izzard and the Labour Party are absolute idiots. They're referring to him as she, her. They're saying he's a woman because of course Izzard says that sometimes he's in boy mode and sometimes he's in girl mode and at the moment he wants to live full-time in girl mode, whatever that means. And they won't accept the material reality of biological sex and the threat of trans ideology to women's sex-based rights. But anyway, before heading into the event itself, I decided I needed a stiff drink. Now, I'm not a fan of pubs, although I am a fan of a stiff drink, But I'll make an exception for Liz, who runs the brilliant Harlequin pub in Sheffield, just outside the centre. It's a great working class, proper traditional pub with an eclectic mix of customers. And it really has character, as does Liz. And she has first hand experience at the hands of the sort of people who would support Izzard's claim to be a woman. Before getting onto that, though, we had to deal with an equally controversial matter. What condiment with a chip butty? Because this has lost me friends. Um, Are you familiar with Henderson's Relish? I am indeed. Henderson's Relish, salt salt and vinegar would be my thing. I'm guessing you're going down the ketchup or brown sauce angle here. Or mayonnaise, some people... uh, No, no, I'm sorry, I I don't mean to traumatise you. No, sorry. I should have given a little trigger (laughs) warning before I raised the issue of mayonnaise. Would have been grateful if you could bear that in mind in future. Now Liz, tell me, so... You're very supportive of, well, you on yourself, of the Mm -hmm. feminists that are pushing back against misogyny. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, part of that is extreme trans activism Mm -hmm. and the notion that men can just define what a woman is and Mm -hmm. bully us when we talk about single-sex spaces and the like. Yeah. So, So tell me how you kind of got involved in this very, very scary battle yeah i will not use the word oh it's toxic because actually Mm -hmm. that suggests that the toxicity is permeating all around that it's both sides yeah 
And we know it's actually about bullying mm-hmm. feminists that speak about male violence in the main. Yeah. So just give me a bit of your background as to how you got involved in it and what the consequences have been for you, both good and bad. Sure, okay. So I kind of became aware of a lot of these issues that were bubbling up in the background. Now, I'll be honest, my involvement from the beginning has always been more about free speech than anything else. Um, so it was on the back of a lot of these, a lot of things that had been happening on Twitter that I got a message from someone I knew a bit in Sheffield saying that Woman's Place UK were looking for somewhere to meet in Sheffield and would I, would I be interested in hosting them? And at first, I'll be honest with you, I thought, oh, I've heard of these. These sound like, like proper turfs. These sound like the hardcore turfs, <laughs> professional turfs. Oh, I need to well, be a bit careful. So I thought, oh, I'll go away and have a look at what they are and what they do. And I thought I'd gone to the wrong website when I saw what they <laughs> what they wanted to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, really? women's rights, sex-based yeah. rights, feminism, yeah. socialist feminism. Absolutely. And I thought, oh, so these are the hardcore turfs, are they? Right, they're probably all right. I can probably let them have the meeting room upstairs. <laughs> And at that point, yes, the shit did hit the fan. <laughs> so tell me what happened. So they, they came. How did the they meeting came. go? The meeting was upstairs. I'd seen what had happened at previous meetings. And for the first time ever, we did get somebody to just watch the door at the bottom of the stairs to make sure that the meeting didn't get stormed. Or um, well, When you say you'd seen what had happened at previous meetings, obviously, many listeners will know, but not all, yeah. that groups of trans activists, men and some women, yep. the Blue Fringes, yep. Turn up shouting the odds, kicking yep. the door, trying yep. to disrupt it, threatening yeah. violence and the like. Yeah, and absolutely. And I thought it was probably a lower risk because it's a separate room upstairs, but we still wanted to have someone keeping an eye on stuff. So that went ahead. But then obviously, once it got released onto Twitter, everything just... The next morning I just woke up and looked at Twitter. I was like, oh, I've got quite a lot of messages here. <laughs> I wonder what's going on here. So what happened had... Trans activists linked in your Twitter handle for yes. the Harlequin pub. Yes, absolutely. accused you of all and sundry. All and sundry that I was transphobic, that I wasn't to be trusted. Had you hosted a hate group? A hate group, a literal hate group. Hate group. Yes, that came up. A bunch um, of socialist feminists talking about maintaining yeah. single sex spaces yeah, for women that need them. Absolutely, and I have to say, having met them, I was absolutely blown away at the criticisms that. Which they ones get. did you get up here? So Michelle Moore gave. Oh her, yeah, she's lovely. Yeah gave her speech that's got uh, like several billion views or whatever it is that was actually upstairs and, that, yeah. and what was she talking about do you remember so it was about the impact on children mm. it was yeah which was very very much what michelle's focus on which michelle was focusing on that yeah. and several of us were focusing on this however many years ago and look mm-hmm. what's happening now with the yeah. expose of mermaids and their lack of safeguarding and yeah. i would call it literal mm-hmm. to use their terms yeah. child abuse yeah absolutely um, but you lost friends through this? I did. I did. A couple. We've all lost friends, but yeah. it doesn't. It, it's always the most painful aspect of it, I think. Absolutely. I mean, losing your job obviously can wreck yes. your life. Yeah. Losing your home. Yeah. That That's serious stuff, but this is yeah. emotionally difficult to cope with, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I used to, when, when this was, when I was only a few years in, because this had been happening to me since 2004 when I wrote an article in The Guardian, and um, there's been no reprieve, but... A few years ago, I used to feel so grateful when people had invited me to speak and then didn't cancel. Even though they said some quite hurtful things, you've caused us a load of trouble, but we're still going ahead. Yeah, yeah. And now, oh no, Mm. now I'll say, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you put this on me? Yeah, yeah. And when Mary Beard, who obviously there's, I have a huge amount of respect for much of her work, when Mary Beard defended me by saying... 
I find her transphobia abhorrent, but I defend her right to free speech. I was so angry I yeah, could barely speak. I can imagine. How dare they? Yeah. So my bar has risen yeah. quite high, actually. Yes. I won't yeah. take any of it. And yeah. when I get emails from people, men or women, mm-hmm. who say, I agree with everything you say, but I can't speak out because it would yeah. cause me some inconvenience, yeah. I go bonkers. Yeah, I email yeah. back. I used to email them back and thank them. Yeah. And I email them back and say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> still got friends <laughs> but I watch Netflix you know I mean yeah. that takes that, that takes up my time loads of time that. it was so great to meet Liz <laughs> I, mean, I'm but I could delay it no longer it was time to hear what the great Izzard had to say um, one other thing I wanted to mention is we do actually have some prizes as well so we could... the venue was full I don't know there was a few hundred people I mean it wasn't packed there wasn't an electric atmosphere um there was a celebrity in their midst, but it wasn't like anyone was kind of in awe. It it didn't feel that way anyway. And Izard, of course, went to the women's toilet, which I was sitting right next to. Um, myself and my friend who I'd gone with sat right at the front near the stage so we could get some audio. Oh, that's great. So now we are getting to the part of the evening that you have all been waiting for. You might know Eddie from films such as Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13, and Valkyrie. From her stand-up shows such as Dress to Kill and Wonder Bar, from her marathon running and from her campaigning. She's played in Madison Square Gardens, Hollywood Bowl, The O2, and tonight she is with us in Crooks Social Club. Please put your hands together for Eddie Oh my God, he is so incredibly boring. When Izzard took himself to the stage, you know, he was just rambling. There was stuff about his showbiz career and it was so just, it wasn't even mad in a kind of good way. It was incoherent. And half the time he was rambling so much that I couldn't even quite catch the words despite being right at the front. And his interviewer was clearly a kind of Owen Jones type that was so pleased that he was up there with a trans-identified man. It was tedious. It went on and on. And I couldn't wait to get out. Okay, but the, you know the Nazis used to do horrible things, or any bad guy in any Bond movie, and they still seem to go, ha, 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 ha. So in the interest of balance and to get some fresh air, I headed back outside to find some people who support Izzard and Labour's stance. If 
Eddie Izzard is selected yeah. and stands and becomes an MP in this city, yeah. you would be compelled to refer to him as her and she and say that Eddie Izzard is a woman. Would you have any particular feelings about that? No. No, not at all, no. If he wants to be referred to as a woman, she says saying he, but if she wants to be a woman, then, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Would you think there was any problem if he... I do have a problem with it. I'm a feminist who wants to keep yeah. domestic violence, refuges, yeah. prisons, women only, that kind of thing. Would you have a concern if his policy was to abolish women-only spaces, such as mm. the refuges and the like? Yeah, yeah, no, Changing that, rooms. that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. No, not at all. Why would it bother you? I grew up in quite a um, violent household, right. so I understand sort of the need for that private space if you like and to get away from a violent male so right. yeah so absolutely right. that wouldn't be right the right thing to do what i think you're saying is live and let live if he wants yeah. to identify as she that's fine but that the implications of changing the law to accommodate that would be a problem for you yeah i think i think it would be if it meant that potentially males could if they wanted to, and you've got to look at the dark side of like human psyche, really, that if it meant that a male could infiltrate into like a female-only domain and potentially be a threat within that domain, then that, that would be an issue. We've got to respect some boundaries. I guess it's, it could be a very progressive thing. It's, it's very rare that you would perhaps see an MP, someone running as an MP to come out with those things and I think possibly that would be great for a great sort of move forward in society, yeah. Okay. Tell me why you think, would that be about diversity or...? Yeah, diversity, I think it's, it'll be great, a great move for diversity and inclusion. Do you think there's a problem with men identifying as women and taking a woman's place and excluding her? Because we talk about diversity and inclusion, what about excluding women? Yes, I think definitely that's a problem. I'd not really thought of that when I gave my last answer. What would you say if there was a push to include male-bodied, natal males who identify as trans women in women's prisons, hospital wards, domestic violence refuges, changing rooms, sports facilities? I think that it would have to be a very careful and thought-out decision because I, I think that's, it could be seen as controversial by some, it could be seen as as progressive by others to sit on the fence but yeah it would have positive connotations for a lot of diversity and inclusion. I think a lot of the moral panic around trans identities and trans people is because a lot of people don't know a trans person they don't they're not familiar with what it's like to be a trans person they may not have had those conversations they may not have thought about it much in depth I refer to Eddie as a she-her pronouns because that's the pronouns that she's asked to be addressed by. I don't see, I don't see any issue. I see it as a positive that she's running for, for an MP space. But I think the lack of representation fuels the lack of understanding and the lack of compassion for trans people in society. And I think that representation by a trans person in Parliament can only do good things for that. So do you think that if a male sex offender mm. who, in this case, the case from this week, who sexually abused seven children over a period of time, historically, and is convicted, mm. and because he then identifies as a woman, 
do you think that it's fair that he's put into a prison with women? I think that it could equally be said that if a man has been convicted of sex offences and those were against young boys and is then put in a male prison with potentially some quite young other offenders, that brings up like the same issues. I think it needs to be looked at as a case-by-case basis because I just think prison is already too... You're bad, here you go. You're like, and just very not... The prison system is sucks, basically. I agree. Yeah. But do you accept that so, female prisoners are more vulnerable to male sex offenders than are male prisoners? Or do you think that it's just equal? I don't think it's equal, but I don't think it's as simple as women are more vulnerable than men. There are some men, particularly young men in prisons, who might be extremely vulnerable. And it, I don't think it's... I don't know, I feel like I can't just say women in prison are automatically more vulnerable just because they're women. I think it's more complicated than that. I think it's very difficult to answer questions like that. Luckily, we've got statistics about how many women in prison have previously been the victims of sexual assault in yeah. childhood and domestic violence. I think well, it's and extremely it's high. More. It's so much higher than reported. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't mean vulnerable specifically about sexual assault. I just When I was talking about vulnerability mm. just now, I just meant generally just various types of vulnerability. Trans people are extremely vulnerable to domestic violence, physical assault, sexual assault, all of those things. They're an extremely vulnerable misrepresented, misunderstood and frankly not listened to population in society. Do you know where you documentation got, where you got of, the research from? I've just read loads of different things. I haven't got I haven't got it like to okay. hand ready to <laughs> to okay. go at it with it, but I've just read a lot of stuff okay. online. Okay. I was at the event with Jean Hatchett, who lives in Sheffield. She's a feminist, a member of the local Labour Party although I believe she's since been expelled. Anyway, she is a campaigner against male violence towards women and deeply critical of the whole Stonewall trans women are women mantra for the simple reason that it tramples all over women's sex-based rights. It's just really shocking to hear a young woman advocate so vociferously on behalf of a trans-identified man and just... God, almost stratospheric misunderstanding of the issues for women and especially women in prison, like saying that those aren't the most vulnerable women or that they would be just as much of a threat or some of those bizarre statistics. Where have they come from? Where has her view come from? She has just been reading things online. The thing is that she came out with something that was staggering even to me which is it's about women's perception of their vulnerability, not about the fact that women are the targets and the yeah. stats and the murder rates and yeah. the rape reports and everything backs up the vulnerability mm. and male sexual predatory behaviour. Mm. For her, it was more complicated than that, I quote, because yes. she was saying that some women don't feel vulnerable. That's all right. Maybe you just don't identify as vulnerable and you don't get raped. Yeah, yeah. How is this happening with young people that they're, they've heard so much hyperbole around the vulnerability of trans women that they've absorbed it and they can now blank out the needs and the rights and the vulnerabilities of women who've suffered male violence? It is unfathomable to me. It's like pre-feminism when just men were elevated above 
women mm. in everyone's needs and concerns. Mm. And now, of course, it's the progressive version, yeah. which is trans-identified men. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was the fact that she wasn't really galvanised to speak to you with initial questions, but then she sat and thought about it and she thought what she was meant to say and she'd, she realised she'd got to toe a line and she'd got to come out with the defensive rhetoric of trans women as a woman. That frightens me, that women are feeling this pressure to be right on, to be correct about men who identify as women, rather than thinking about women who actually are women, who actually have suffered. That's exactly what she did. And her views are so commonplace. Yeah, yeah. And based on fresh air. There, there was nothing to back up the things that she was saying regarding vulnerabilities. Of well, she was actually spouting the opposite that is true. Mm. And when I say that is true, I don't just mean from my opinion or yours. Mm. I mean from every single piece of credible research mm. worldwide yeah. about rates of offending against yeah. whom, who is the perpetrator. Yeah. And this idea that it's, it's just as problematic if you put a male sex offender in a men's prison because he might have abused boys is just batshit crazy. It absolutely is because those women also, some of them, there are wards with children on there as well. Sometimes there are children in those prisons or children visiting those prisons and you know we already know that there have been sexual assaults of women in prisons. You know I, th I, th I think some of these women just exclude the actual facts that never happens. It does happen. We're not supposed to talk about it, but we will talk about it because it's happening to women. Yeah. Only one way to get over all that. Head back to the Harlequin pub and sample a cocktail made in honour of a certain top woman, JK or Joe Rowling. I know that she was delighted that you named a cocktail after her. I did. The Tell J me everything. The JKR. So it was around the time she'd said something or not Was everyone something. standing with her again? Yeah, everyone was standing with her. <laughs> and I was like, she must get so tired of these people following around, standing standing next to her all the time. And I thought, I can't really stand with her because that'd be a bit weird, be a bit stalky. Uh, but what I can do is I can make her a cocktail. It's quite subtle. It's a very sort of subtle, summery type of cocktail. Straight up or on the rocks? On of the rocks. Of course, cocktail. always. On the rocks, absolutely on the rocks. Now here's a question for you, Liz. I took legal action mm -hmm. against Nottingham City Council. Okay. Because in June I was invited by a working class community women's group yeah. to talk in a library that was under threat of closure in a working class area yeah. about violence against women and about the feminist campaign to end it. Yeah. And there were lots of young women and women from marginalised communities coming along to hear this talk and to join in. And Nottingham City Council bowed to pressure in the trans activist lot yeah. to, and cancelled me the night before when I was on the train coming up. I took this case, it was reported widely that I was threatening to sue them. Clearly I'm brave and valiant, courageous. Obviously. I want to know where my cocktail is. What tends to happen is we don't tend to do them until after the judgement. You should have been already so... mixing <laughs> and thinking about it and experimenting. Could I interest you in the meantime in a mermaid on the rocks? Oh. <laughs> Just as a... Just, to, just as a stopgap until I make your actual cocktail. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bit of a consolation prize, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to give you a bit of advice here, Liz. Clearly, I've never run a pub. I don't go to pubs. But I'm still going to give you some advice. Go on, then. Stop serving everything else and make you a theme pub. Yeah. 
a mermaids on the rocks themed a pub. A mermaid on the rocks themed pub. The fellas that come in here that are looking yeah. for their pint. No. Let me introduce you to this new drink. And if they don't like it, out. Out, out the door. <laughs> now I reckon your profits will double. It's a great business plan. <laughs> it was so great to meet Liz. She's a real star and I think that she's got a future in mixing cocktails that really represent turfs. A turf cocktail for anyone and everyone. I'm sure that she could run the gamut all the way through. Forstatter, Bailey, Rowling, hopefully Bindle. I was so glad though to get the mood of Sheffield in as far as I could with a few Vox Pops. I really laughed at the end about how utterly boring Izzard is and how irrelevant his stories were to so many of those people. Hardworking people who just want good representation and support their Labour Party. What on earth can Izzard do for them? He doesn't seem to have any clue about politics. Thank you for listening. <laughs>